Hello, welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People. I am Pastor Witt, here Pas- with... Pastor Dave Keen. Pastor Dave Keen, with another episode of A Pastor and His People. And Pastor Dave Keen had a coach, Coach Pick. Coach Pick. Uh, Who's so, Coach Pick? So Coach Pick was uh, the man who led me to Christ. Hmm. Uh, he was uh, coaching freshman football. Uh, I was playing on the sophomore team. That's where I first met him. Uh, he was the Young Life leader in my high school. Okay. And, uh, you know... Just pursued me, relationship with me, and uh, eventually led me, to, led me to Christ. Which was your opening illustration for a worthy investment. Yeah, a worthy investment. So here's the challenge. Most of the time when I prepare a sermon, mm-hmm. I look at the text of Scripture, and it seems to be there's one clear line of thought. Okay, This is why I believe the Holy Spirit inspired this particular text. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't find that here, right? So clear Acts 20.17 the transition to the Miletus, in Miletus, the mm-hmm. Ephesian elders, Paul's last charge. That seems like a different unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 21 says, after the uproar ceased. So it's connecting to the old mm-hmm. unit um, about the uh, Ephesians uh, riot, but it's it's after that. It's a new right. one. So it seems like a lot of travel narrative. Yeah. And I had a really hard time figuring out, okay, what is the main theme of this section? Mm-hmm. In conversation with Victor, he just said, you know, I really think that this is an idea of um, investing in people in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just kind of saw that more. I thought about it, that that was actually a pretty good theme. Mm-hmm. So it could have been three sermons in one, but I just kind of grouped them all together and tried to pull some pull some things out to apply right. to the church. So a worthy investment, X 20, verses 1 through 16, and it seems like the, what we're doing here is we're tracing Paul's investment in others. Yes, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good point. So, so obviously, like you know, the first one is first point is how are you encouraging others? Right? How are you encouraging people? How are you encouraging people? Um, a simple question, and um, and I really got that from you. You know, conversation earlier with you this week. You know, you said you just made the observation. So much of Paul's ministry was just encouragement, mm-hmm. right? Like he's you know planning churches, he's writing letters, but so much of his ministry was just to go back and encouraging the churches to believe mm-hmm. and to hold fast to Christ. Right. Um, which made me just think, I mean, obviously you see the word encouraged twice here in the text, you know, in verse 22, uh, he had gone throughout those regions and given them much encouragement, mm-hmm. right? Verse one, after encouraging them, he said farewell. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, maybe this has just been in my head a lot lately, is that I think a lot of people are are faint-hearted and need encouragement, right? Mm-hmm. So we get that call from First Thessalonians 5, mm-hmm. verse 14, so I'm like, okay, how can I, maybe I've just been thinking a lot about how can we be natural encouragers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just seeing Paul did it, I'm like, okay, well, if Paul did it, who are you encouraging? Mm-hmm. So the idea of my sermon is, who's your coach pick? Who are you regularly encouraging uh, to push towards Christ? So do you think that's a regular question we should be asking ourselves is, how can I be encouraging people? Oh, absolutely. I guess practically, how have you seen that play out? Um, so someone who's asking that question themselves, yeah, yeah. what does so, that look like? So anyway, so at the beginning of every membership interview we have, mm-hmm. Hebrews 10, 24, 25, I always go over. Mm-hmm. Right? Consider how you can stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit, habit of some, mm-hmm. but encouraging each other all the more as the day is drawing near. Mm-hmm. So that idea is, okay, let's think about how can I be encouraging people to hold fast to Jesus, to love Jesus and to love others and help other people love Jesus as the day's coming drawing near. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, a pretty regular theme, right? So you should ask yourself, how can I encourage people? How can I use the gifts God's given me mm-hmm. to pour into others? 
right? That could be I could serve in a particular way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes encouragement isn't verbal. Okay. Sometimes encouragement is just presence. Hmm. I'm going to show up to things to be an encouragement to somebody else. Maybe give us some examples of how you've seen people encouraging others in the body of Park Baptist. Yeah, so clear example last week, uh, Sandy uh, Addis um, brought a couple of her girls over to welcome uh, Samuel Papuri mm -hmm. and Vijaya and her, their family. Uh, Shireen turned 12. Mm -hmm. It was her birthday. And they came with a tiara. <laughs> right and like they gave her a present came with a tiara she felt special she mm -hmm. felt like she was just valued and loved and that's just what Sandy does right I mean Sandy did the same thing serving the Santanas this weekend mm -hmm. right went there and helped them out with the yard sale and Sonia was trying to raise money for her mom medical needs so like that's a very simple way like she just shows up mm -hmm. right you know and that's a, that's a great way of encouragement um, you know I, I heard uh, the Flagler's had you know uh, one of our residents over mm -hmm. right um, I heard uh, the Forester had a group of people over just to mm -hmm. encourage them, right? So I'm hearing that really regularly. Jason Brown inviting mm -hmm. the all the deacons over to thank mm -hmm. them for their service and then to encourage the new ones as they come on board. So mm -hmm. my goodness, that's just three off examples off the top of my head. Right. But like it happens in our church all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I just yeah. I think hospitality is like one thing you hear that right. Inviting people to your home meals. Also, just I mean. Um, for, for those like, okay, what big thing do I have to do to encourage others? It's always a conversation. Hey, how are things really going? How can I be praying for you? I think sometimes we underestimate the little things that we can do after service or throughout the week, sending a text, you know, phone call. Um, yeah, like you said, encouraging can look different, you know, to everyone in different ways. But the question I think you're asked how are you encouraging people? That's what Paul is doing. He's thinking, he's going, he's, he's encouraging people. Right? Yeah, and then he, he does it everywhere he goes. And of course, mm -hmm. the main encouragement is to, to encourage them to trust in Jesus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, serving people is not a direct, hey, stick with Jesus. Mm -hmm. But it is, oh, the people of God love me. Mm -hmm. The people of God are caring for me. Which then by extension, I think the Holy Spirit uses to say, Man, God really cares for me through the body of Christ. God loves me. Thank God what he's done for me in Christ. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a not a direct but an implicit implication that comes when you serve others. Mm, that's good. Something you mentioned here, right, in verses 3 through 6, you mentioned the historicity of the verses. Yes. Why did you want to draw that out? Well, I think sometimes you read the Bible and you don't really care. Why are all these details there, mm -hmm. right? And I think Luke is a historian, and he mentions specific places and specific people. Yeah. I think that just helps legitimize his writing is not just mere story. These are real figures, mm -hmm. real places that talk about a, a real God um, who lived, died, and rose again. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Um, so you also highlighted here, before we go on the next point, um, parents, right? And how encouraging, how parents are often examples of encouraging kids and things like that, right? I guess even drawing in the sure. child dedication. Preacher, right? How do you think through your applications of text, you know, on any given week? So there you chose parents. Was child dedication on your mind? It was on my mind. Okay. Met, so anytime someone, do, we have a parent-child dedication, I meet with the parents mm -hmm. when they dedicate a child. Right. And I'm thinking about their role as parents to mm -hmm. give themselves to their kids. Um, which, because I was thinking about it all week, it was probably mm -hmm. clearly way made that observation yeah. uh, application. So, I am a firm believer in the sovereignty of God. 
right? In, in, <laughs> all, in, in, all, in, in, in all things. So sometimes what the Lord brings my mind and attention to throughout the week, I'm assuming there's a reason for that. And I, it usually makes its way into the sermon, mm. right? So my conversation with you about encouragement and, you know, application that even Thomas made about Paul's zeal, mm-hmm. right, to get to Jerusalem to do the Lord's will, both those things hit me like a ton of bricks, couldn't get them off my mind, mm. right? They just were, were in there. That was on a Monday or Tuesday, right? Mm. So I'm thinking about my sermon all week. Oh, man, that's, that's a perfect way to, to, to go with the sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, so parenting, you know, obviously we had a parent-child dedication, and that was an easy application, especially when you have so many visitors there for the parent-child dedication. I just thought yeah. it would be prevalent. Yeah, that's good. Uh, your next point, are you praying for the Spirit to exercise power, verses 7 through 12? So um, are you praying for the Spirit to exercise power? What, what, what made that the point? Yeah, so let me make a quick point before we go on there. Okay. I did talk a lot about just Paul's investment in people, okay. right? Um, and I just want to continue to like encourage the body to give yourself to invest in others uniquely and specifically, right? Mm-hmm. I think you've done that, a tremendous job of that. We would commend how you've done that with our youth um, and with our college students. You know, I think that when I see our church doing that with our residents, for example, like this is a good thing. So mm-hmm. encourage all of you to like get to know our residents, pour into them. And as you're investing into them and we send them out, my goodness, they're going to be better pastors because of it. So mm-hmm. as, a, as a caveat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that the, the next one, exercising power, is we don't have the power to raise the dead. Right, we can't like when someone dies. Yeah. You know, um, I know some denominations or some group of churches believe that you can do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't do that anymore, right? The Holy Spirit, <laughs> the Holy Spirit <laughs> doesn't, do doesn't, doesn't allow us to do that. But what He does do is that He allows us to. Uh, he exercises His power through the preaching of His Word, right? Mm-hmm. So those people who are dead in their trespasses and sins can have a, a spiritual resurrection, right? Mm-hmm. Their hearts can be made alive, and if they have a spiritual resurrection in this life. They will have a bodily resurrection in the next. Mm-hmm. Um, so this idea of praying, do you pray for the Spirit to exercise power on a Sunday morning? Right. So mm-hmm. it's more like when we gather on a Sunday, do you, are you praying, like investing in prayer for the gathering of the saints? The Word's going to go forth. Are you praying that the, the Holy Spirit in power will come? And not just in come to, to the lost person, but come to your own heart. Right. Will you believe that God is going to sanctify you and sanctify people in this church through the preaching of His Word? Like, that's just a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe some of our conversations of late about you know even taking the time of, of during the offertory mm-hmm. to pray that the Spirit would, would come in power. Mm-hmm. Listen, unless the Lord builds the house, the labor is labor in vain, right? So how much more effective would the ministry of the Word be if we prayed more faithfully for it? Mm. That's good. Um, some things that you kind of you know brought out of the text there, uh, first day of the week, they were breaking bread, right? Do you think this is a church gathering? Yes, you do. Is, but there's debate on whether it is, or is this more? Is this more commonly interpreted as a church? I would say it's a commonly interpreted as a gathering of the saints. So they, they made the reference to the first day of the week. Okay. Right. Revelation one ten says on the Lord's day, which would be Sunday. Hmm. This is a transition pattern. It's the first time in the book of Acts where we see this language using the on the first day of the week they broke bread. Usually when it says break bread, they mm-hmm. usually referring to the Lord's Supper, mm-hmm. and it's usually referring to a, a church gathering, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's not universal. I mean, yeah. Acts chapter 2 is debating. They broke bread daily in each other's homes. Okay. It could be just regular regular eating. Um, but typically, mm-hmm. in throughout the letters, the breaking of bread would be the Lord's Supper. Hmm. That's interesting. 
Um, and then um, you mentioned that uh, Eutychus? Eutychus. He wasn't dead. He was dead dead. He was dead dead. <laughs> yeah. I think I just want to draw that out is that he when he died, it wasn't just like he was like passed out. Okay. Like, you know. Because you could kind of see that. Like, oh, he's yeah, not yeah, dead. He was taken up dead. Okay. And like, this was a miracle. Hmm. He was dead and literally no life in him. And he was raised from the dead. Right. So I was quoting, I'm thinking about Elijah mm-hmm. and you know him r- r- bringing the, the woman's son back to life. Mm-hmm. Thinking about Jesus and the, and the girl, mm-hmm. you know, little girl arise. Right. Now seeing Paul, so you see this continuation of the, of the Spirit. So even the whole title of this whole entire series, right, this is the say, acts yeah. of the risen Lord Jesus. It's mm-hmm. what Jesus began to do and teach in, in Luke's gospel, and the Holy Spirit is still working through the power of Jesus to to bring miraculous things to happen. Yeah, this is this is interesting too because. Uh, you see that uh, Paul, right, he spoke a long time, right? He's teaching, it says, till midnight. And then after, right, he says he continued to converse. Like, what's going on here? Why can't Paul, like, how long should sermons be, one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then two, uh, why is Paul not letting people go? Why is he, you know, just keeping them there, keep talking and talking? Yeah, so I... How long should sermon be is a great question. You see that debated a lot. Yes. Um, I think you uh, should only preach um, as long as you can keep your people's attention. Okay. Right? So um, if you are an okay preacher, right, <laughs> you should probably preach shorter sermons. Preach right? an okay amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> um, the better preachers can probably command a longer um, time of preaching. Mm-hmm. So I think it's free, free for them to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also just have to be caring for them. I mean, there's child care workers. There's, you know, you know. People will get hungry. Like there's, there's limits there, guys. We're, we're human beings, right? So just you know, right. even if you had a long, um, you don't have three hour meetings. Mm-hmm. You have an hour and a half meeting, and then you have a break, right? So, um, you know, potty break. Um, so, so yeah, I, th- I think that you know, sermons should probably err on the longer side because you're teaching God's word and you mm-hmm. want to you know communicate a lot of God's word, right? Um, you know, so don't begrudge um, your pastor when he preaches long sermons. Thank him for it. Um, but also pastors, be, be careful not to preach, you know, too much. Yeah. Um, but I love the fact that he, he talked with him through the night. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just think we all have those special moments in our life when you think back, oh yeah, I had this great conversation. We talk for hours, yeah. you know, and usually it doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. It's very unique. Right. Yeah. And I love it here. And I said in the sermon, but you know, Paul didn't just talk at them. He talked with them. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is the heart of the pastor. Right. It's like you teach the word of God. And then you talk to your people and explain it and ask them questions. This is one of the reasons why we do the podcast. So a small way to continue the conversation. So if you have questions about what was said or yeah. thoughts, hey, you know, can you clarify that? Well, just text Wit. He'll throw the question up yeah. there. And Lord willing, I will clarify. Yeah, just a reminder in the uh, is it little info part under the sermon, right? I put my email and information in there. So uh, some of you already have been doing that. I want to encourage you more and more. If you have questions, if you have applications, shoot them our way and... Because, yeah, once again, the podcast yeah. is for the people. Yeah, and we should probably do a better job sharing it and letting people know about it. So we'll do both. Um, but, yeah, that's, I think that's a good point you brought out there, right? He conversed with them a long while at the end. says, and they were not a little comforted. Mm. So, like, yeah, I think Luke has done a really good job of uh, helping us use our imagination of just people sitting around, Paul's talking, they're talking about things of the Lord, and they're encouraging one another. And because... Paul's about to leave. He wants to get to Jerusalem, and they're just talking and hanging out, and everyone left comforted. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just it's just 
It's a great night. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know about you, but after a time of fellowship, uh, I'll just say, man, that was a really sweet night. Mm-hmm. What a sweet night of conversation. So, yeah, spend time with the saints. Yeah. Amen. Uh, point three, do you have exclusive priorities? Uh, what are you trying to get here in verses 13 through 16? Again, this is just the travel narrative, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've said it the last three sermons. You'll see it more specifically in this next week's sermon. Uh, Paul decided to sail past Ephesus so that he might not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hastening to be at Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Paul was constrained by the Holy Spirit to go to Jerusalem. He was very clearly led by God to go to Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And nothing was going to stand in his way. Mm-hmm. So my idea is if God gives us his priorities, we should let nothing stand in our way. They should be exclusive, right? So if God says gather on the Lord's day, we right. should let nothing get in our way to gather on the Lord's day. Mm-hmm. Now, if the Lord says, you know, to sit under his word, we should let nothing hinder us from sitting under his word. Mm-hmm. Now, again, caveat, 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 you get sick, things are travel, I'm not right. a legalist, you know this. But you should make every effort, right, to do what the Lord says, right? right? And I think that we just got to be careful, right, with our priorities. Mm-hmm. And I said in the sermon, I mean, my goodness, it is hard to tell someone that they're living maybe with misaligned priorities. Hmm. You know, like we just are very, a very, um, you know, easily offended people. So yes. if I said, hey, yes. Yes, I I, <laughs> I'm concerned that hmm. you working so much is actually hurting your family life right. and actually hurting your church involvement. How dare you critique me? Ah, hmm. Well, no, I'm not saying that. Like, yeah. you know, I think that, you, beloved, you got to be careful how many kids' activities your kids are involved in. Mm-hmm. You gotta be careful on how much travel you do, mm-hmm. right? You gotta be careful on um, how many hours a week you work, right? You just gotta be careful on all these things. Because if you're not careful, pretty soon you're going to be, like I said, in you know, Mark Four, right? And you just whatever this with the youth, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna be choked out. Yeah. And it says other things enter in in Mark Four. Yeah. That's, that's so crazy because it doesn't say bad things. Yeah. It just says other things, mm-hmm. you know, my goodness, what other things have entered in that right. are causing to choke out the fruitfulness of God's word in your life? Mm-hmm. And if you're a Christian, you would want to say, oh, my goodness, I want nothing. Right. I want nothing to choke out the fruitfulness of God's word in my life. And yet too often, that's not the response. Right. It's, oh, you're getting too close to home. How, how dare right. you speak to me that way? Yeah. It just causes a concern. That's all. Yeah. I think that's helpful, right? Because, I mean, yeah, I think you're drawing that right from Paul's being fixed to Jerusalem, right? And I think you're speaking especially out of your context, right? So it seems like, you know, in your applications and even counsel you have to give outside of your sermon, right? In the West, in America, in the evangelical circles, right? The church has been somewhat minimalized in the last decades, right? And so it's kind of like, to neglect church, to think about church is not something, as, you know, that's not uncommon, right? So while if you were living somewhere else, it, there may be no, like, if you're a Christian, you're going to church, and you're going to be there every sure. week. So it may be something else, right? You're just kind of speaking to your context as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. We, we value self first rather than community first. Mm-hmm. That's the way the West is. Individualism right. is king. And I think that expressive individualism, read more about with, you know, Carl Truman does a much better job than I. Hmm. But that expressive individualism, like, I do what I want to do, mm-hmm. is so permeate permeating our culture. Mm-hmm. It permeates the church, too, because right. we're in the culture that we live in. So just be careful. 
Yeah, that's good. That's helpful. Um, so here, right, you just kind of talked about making choices and knowing what the Lord wants you to do, right? We have things in the Scripture that says, like you said, to do this, do this, do this. But I think something interesting, right, exclusive priorities, because he, he's, and I think we've talked about this, is like when you say yes to something, you're also saying no to other things. And so I think that's very helpful of like, you talk about the church, are there any other things that you see in our lives that maybe this could apply to that we should be thinking about as a people? Uh, nothing comes to mind. Okay. No, that's helpful. I mean, yeah. just yeah. I mean, I just just I mean, just analyze your priorities. I think just again, invite people in your life to say, "Hey, am I living the right way?" Mm-hmm. You know, and just and understand that we all have blind spots. I have blind spots. Sometimes I work too much. Sometimes I'm I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, or not necessarily should, but just aren't the wisest thing for me to do. Right. And sometimes I need people in my life to, to to correct me, and I should want that. Mm-hmm. We should all want that. Yeah, well, brother, uh, we're going to close, but I want to say thank you for you, right? This text, a worthy investment. You spent years with me. Also encouraging, right? We've talked about this one of your gifts is encouraging others. And so I just want to thank you for leading our church and how to invest in others as well as just the many different ways of words, having people in your home, praying for them, giving rebuke, uh, even hard times, right? So just thank you so much for that. Uh, would Would you pray us out? Uh, Father, it is a, a great gift to be able to pour your life into others. I just pray that you would help our church be faithful to that end. Help us make a worthy investment. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.